Welcome to Tea Talk. All of life flows from the spiritual center of the culture. If this center is healthy, the culture becomes healthy. Tea Talk is a time of intrigue, investigation, insight, and inspiration, enabling you on your life's journey. Invest in your future by gleaning from today's session. Now, here's how the Jews see Satan. They don't see him as this wicked, evil person because when you talk about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, good and evil is kind of us deciphering, you know, is this a good thing or a bad thing? That really wasn't what God intended when he said, we have the English words, the knowledge of good and evil. What he really was saying to them, he's saying, do not partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It can be translated do not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of true and false. What is true? What is false? Because the only, all I want you to know is true. All I want you to understand is what is true. Everything's true is in me. And when you know the truth, when the false comes along, it won't nab you. Are you understand what I'm saying? See, we walk in the truth. What does it tell us? And Jesus said, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we walk in the true, when we walk in those things, all of a sudden we don't have to understand false prophets. We don't have to understand false apostles. We don't have to understand false teaching. We don't understand it. Why? Because the truth so governs our life that it is, it is, it is the master of our life that when those things come around, it's like water off a duck's back. And that's what God's after. And so what does he do? He left Satan in the earth for one purpose. And, and Satan's name means adversary. Adversary. What is an adversary? Here's how the Jews see it. Satan was left in the earth as an adversary, or you can use the phrase, a prosecuting attorney. He's left in the earth as a prosecutor. In other words, if you're going to walk in the spirit of truth, if you're going to walk with God, and if you know the word as he knows the word, not my opinion of the words and not what I think of the word, but if you know that when the, when the prosecuting attorney comes in, you mount up an assault with your advocate, his name Jesus Christ, and you build your case and you present it in the courts of heaven. But most of our intercession most of our prayer is based upon charismatic opinionism. See, we don't bring a case to God why I should be healed. We don't bring a case to God why I should be delivered. We don't bring a case to that. You know why? Because in our faith teaching, we've gotten into so much putting demands on God, we forget he's sovereign. It's been a reversal. We're the sovereign and he's the servant. Doesn't work that way, folks. And we've got to make some major adjustments here. And so what happens is now all across the world right now, Satan and all of his hosts have been unleashed and they're bringing charges against the people of God. They're bringing uh, 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 crime charges and, and civil charges. They're bringing all these things. There's so much that's being uncovered at this particular time. It's almost fearful in my life. I just got a dear friend of mine. We were, I'm 
ministered with him several times. The other day, what did he do? He His church went down to nothing. He sold the property. What he did is he took the prop, money from the property and he put it in his own ministry. Two weeks later, he's standing before a judge and happened to be bailed out of jail. I'm telling you, there's some serious things that are coming down right now during this particular time. And so we need to understand what's going on because God is trying to bring some adjustments, bringing some things into alignment, bringing some things that need to take place here. Now, understanding that, let's talk about rebuilding paradise. We need to understand. Let me, let me just read this, okay? Uh, George Barnes says this. He said, when I was young, I visited a doctor to determine the cause of a particularly painful throat infection. As the examination progressed, it became clear to me that the doctor was taking more than the usual amount of time and was finding nothing that would enlighten the family about my condition. To ease the tension, I ventured that probably nothing was wrong with me. In a patient, grandfatherly way, he assured me that something was irritating me. There's always a cause, says the doctor. Unfortunately, even when we know where the pain is, we sometimes don't know what to look for. Many churches struggle with the same paradox. Even when they sense something is wrong, they don't know what to look for. Our research found that some churches were well into the throes of their decline before they realized their desperate situation. And at that point, it was too late to do much but ride it out. Other churches knew a problem was at hand but could not identify its nature. In rebuilding process, in the rebuilding of paradise, in rebuilding those type of things, we look around at the situation of the church. Now, I'm not talking about this particular church. I'm talking about church in general. All of a sudden, everything that comes from the apostles and the prophets, that there's something that we are missing and we don't know what to look for. I just came from a summit. And in that summit, we sit around and we were, the whole purpose of it, we would develop some strategies coming out of that particular summit. And there was nothing that was accomplished during that summit. Why? Because we don't know what to look for. We don't know what to look for. The issues that are going on in our nation, you, the civil government and, and education and all that type of stuff, man, they all have come to a conclusion, there's some things that's got to change. There's some things that have to happen. But guess what? We don't know what to look for. We don't know what to look for. So we need to understand this. Now, in understanding this, let's go to the next area here. Now let's talk about the strategies of Satan against the church or paradise, as we use that word. And we find this in the book of Acts. And first of all, the very first thing that Satan will always do is anybody who is proclaiming the the. Uh, the gospel of the kingdom of God. I should have qualified that. You see, it's easy to have the gospel of salvation, but when you start proclaiming the kingdom of God, all of a sudden now the enemy comes with the intent of trying to stop it. In Acts chapter 3, verse, uh, let's go to at the book of Acts, if you would, please. Acts chapter 3, and let's look at verse 11. And here it says, And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. So here we see that they had ministered to this lame man, 
which now begins to, what does it do? It begins to draw people that they can what? Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to them. And so what happens, Peter and John, this guy held on to Peter and John. It's a beautiful picture here. Sometimes we get people saved, we let them go. That, that's a whole other lesson in itself. But you know, this guy, he had a hold of God and it was through Peter and John. And sometimes we need people need to get a hold of God. Sometimes they're going to hang on to you as much as you want to shake them off. But you, they, they're hanging on to God because that's the way he felt at that particular time. Notice what it did to the people. But now over in chapter 4, in the first four verses, it says that, that the uh, and as they spoke unto the people, the priests, the captains of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Isn't it interesting that they never got in trouble for believing in Jesus? They always got in trouble when they preached the resurrection. That's where there seems to be the, the, the dividing line between the kingdom of God and the powers of darkness is always the resurrection. All right, going on here. Now notice here. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now evening time. How be it? Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men were about 5,000. So, uh, uh, on your way to jail, go ahead and preach the gospel, all right? Because guess what? You may just wind up at 5,000. Man, we'd wipe out Weimar that way, wouldn't we? Okay, all right? But notice what happened. They took them, they put them in, in hold in a cell. And guess what? What Satan does, just like here, what happens to him is when we stop proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, he's got us in a hold position. How many of you are very familiar with wrestling? Have you ever seen wrestling? They have certain holds that they put on them that where they're not able to move in any way. All right? Now, I'm not a big fan of professional wrestling. I do like college wrestling, but, but professional wrestling is kind of a good entertainment you know, because I grew up on that stuff and found out I, the, my greatest disappointment in life was I found out professional wrestling wasn't real. It was all rigged. It was all determined who was going to win. That was a great disappointment. I gave up on it. Now, notice what it says. They took Peter and John and notice if the enemy will do, Satan will do certain things to put you in a hold position to stop you from being effective in proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Notice what it says now in chapter 5. Uh, we'll go on. They're talking more here. They're out of jail. Uh, aren't you glad that we, we don't live in jail? But look at verse 12. It says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Here, notice now, it goes, Now he not only putting... Peter and John into a hold. Now we see that all the apostles were involved in this. Look at verse 18. It says, And let, uh, they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord, notice it just wasn't Peter and John, uh, angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. So notice, they were all put in jail. You see, in our ministries today, the apostles look for the best hotels. 
You know, they look for the fanciest restaurants. You know, they look for the, the you know, the first class airline tickets. Not them. They were looking, they went out and inspected the jail because they knew sooner or later they were going to wind up there. That's what they were doing. So all the apostles now were being shut down. Why was this so important? Because the apostles were carrying the revelation of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And what Satan was trying to do was to stop the gospel. Yes. yes Listen yes. to me. John, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1 is very important. Get this. It says, the revelation of Jesus whom he gave to his servant. It's kind of paraphrasing. Listen to me. If they can shut you down, the intent is, is to shut down the revelation of Jesus. That's right. See? Now let me say this to you. Revelation comes not because I had this great idea. The idea comes out of our own desires, necessarily. But revelation comes out of the resurrection power that's in my life. And when I go into the Spirit, I don't get fancy ideas. I get great revelation from the resurrected one sitting at the right hand of the Father. Are you with me? Now look at verse 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, did not we tell you, command you, that you should not teach in this name? And government, why do you keep doing it? And behold, you have filled Weimer with your doctrine. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Well, no, they weren't bringing upon us. Their doctrine was bringing upon them. They understood what they were saying. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And all the apostles were going, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we agree with Peter, yeah, that's right, that's right. We get the idea. Verse 30. Then Peter and the other apostles answered, verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and you hung on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witness of these things. And so also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. So they wanted to stop the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. Next, they wanted to contaminate the spiritual life of the church body. Remember what I said. They don't storm the gate. They move in. Why? They come in with their pollution. They come in with their contaminants. They come in with their toxins. Here's Ananias and Sapphira. All of us remember that. You know, Peter, you know, they come to Peter and Everybody's giving them stuff. You ever, ever thought about why they were selling their lands and giving it away? Because they believed prophecy. They believed prophecy. Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, he said, flee to the mountains. Is that what he said? Yes or no? Yeah, that's what he said. Flee to the mountains. So according to Eusebius and Josephus, that of all the millions of Jews that were killed at the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, there was not one Christian that they know of. 
because they believed prophecy. Now, what were they doing here? They were, what had they done? They'd gone in, they said, listen, that system is cratering. The lands we have, we need to sell it. We need to get rid of it. Why? Because that will not sustain us. That will not take care of us. And so what were they doing? They were selling their lands and their possessions and all that kind of stuff. And they were bringing the proceeds to who? The apostles. Why? Because they believed more in God's system than they believed in the Roman Empire system. Their money was cratering. But man, when I give to, to God's purposes and God's design, guess what? God puts an interest on that. God watches over that. God blesses that. God takes care of that. And he will take care of me. And that may be the very reason why there was not one Christian slain. Okay, moving along. But Ananias come and they come in the midst of that. Listen, it's always in the midst of a move of God that these toxins, these contaminants come infiltrating into the, into the community. Why? Because there are spiritual activity going on. And a lot of times there's those that are being touched by the Spirit of God are not mature enough. They're not mature enough to discern what is God, what is me, what is the devil. So here comes Ananias Sapphira, and he said, listen, did you, did you sell the land for such and such? And he goes, yeah. He said, uh, uh, he said, yeah, we sold it, you know, and we kept, uh, he said, but you kept back part of the price. He said, you didn't lie to me, but you lied to the Holy Ghost. Let me give you a word today. It's not good to lie to the Holy Ghost. It's not good to lie to the Holy Ghost. Notice what it says. They had conceived it into their heart. Going back to the desire now. See, animals animals are sensory oriented. They follow their senses or instincts and they're perception oriented. In other words, uh, how many have ever seen cattle when a storm's coming? They're all bunched up just in the opposite corner, aren't they? Why? Because there's a perception that they have. We have the same thing. The only thing that we have different than the animals don't have is we have perspective. We, we can look down the road to the future. Animals cannot. And that's one of the things that's missing. See, see, Ananias and Sapphira, they saw everybody. They got caught up into it. They went into there and they agreed together. This is the power of agreement. They went in and they agreed together that they were going to sell the land and they were going to keep back part of what they had. And guess what? All of a sudden now it cost them their life. God says, I cannot allow you to contaminate what I'm getting ready to do. There's a lot of contamination. People you see on TV today, you're not going to see in a year. Because they're contaminating the body of Christ. They're speaking things that God's not speaking. Uh, there's prophetics that are being challenged right now. One of the things that I believe God is saying to leadership today, it's time that we have some apostolic and prophetic protocols. Who is governing this? Who is helping this to be established in order? Because what we've done, listen to me, we can be infatuated with prophets. Why? Because there's a mystical side of us that wants to embrace that, whether it's right or wrong. Remember in the book of Jeremiah, what did he say about the prophets? He says, oh, you prophesy what? Peace, peace, where there is no peace. He said, you prophesy what the people want to hear. You prophesy even what they believe. You prophesy those type of things. But you not prophesy the things of God that come from God. Jeremiah was very, Ezekiel got into the same thing. 
Jeremiah chapter 23 talks about the, 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 the definition of what a false prophet is. And I'm telling you, we are saturated in the world today with a lot of false prophets. Okay, a false apostles too. Why? Because we have no protocols. No protocols. Contaminants are coming into the spiritual life. This is the job of Satan. Here's another one. Satan, when he uh, develops a strategy, he attempts to divide the fellowship. Okay? Uh, the fellowship. Oh, boy. How does he do this? In, in uh, chapter 5, uh, look at verse uh, 42. Chapter 5, verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Okay? Now look at this. Verse 1 in chapter 6. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians or Hellenists against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Acts chapter 5, verse 42 and 6, verse 1. I think one of the most deadliest sins that God hates is murmuring. Murmuring. Uh, I remember when my kids were young, uh, they, one of the chores they had to do on the weekend was to clean their room. And uh, that was not a very popular thing. That's all they had to do. I remember my second born, the way he cleaned the room is you go in, he had stuff everywhere. I mean, everywhere. On the dresser, on the floor, on the bed, everywhere. So his mother said, get up there and clean your room. So man, five minutes later, he's back downstairs. She goes, did you clean your room? He said, I sure did. She said, well, let's go see. So they go up, walking upstairs, man go in, man, everything is, in, is picked up. Then she pulled the blanket up, looked under the bed. <laughs> then she opened the closet door. You know, and all of a sudden she almost got smothered by all the stuff that was in there, all right? You know? So when we would ever say to them on Saturday, okay, uh, you had your breakfast now, let's go upstairs. And as they would turn and head up the stairs, they would say something. I said, what'd you say? What did they say? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. They were, you, you heard the expression muttering. He's muttering to himself. And I said, no, you said something. What'd you say? He goes, well, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I was talking to myself. I go, okay. That's the idea of murmuring. It's, it's deeper than muttering. It's, it's, it really goes in and it begins to, I, I heard uh, Dick Mills say this one time. He said, whenever we open our mouth, we're either releasing demons into the situation or we're releasing angels. And murmuring is releasing demonic forces into that. And you know the story where, you know, they had, uh, uh, it was a book, uh, book of Numbers where it talks about how they had murmured and, uh, about what was happening. And uh, God puts a snake on a, on a pole and they go out and the plague stops, etc., etc. Murmuring released a plague in the nation. So we need to understand why. Because here's what you need to understand. Murmurers are looking for a place of refuge. And a lot of murmurers take refuge and they become fugitives in our fellowship. 
well, I like the singing here. I like the like the fellowship. I like the people here. I like this. I like that. And this whole concept of well, we just love everybody. Come as you are. That's okay unless you just let them stay as they are. There's a reason why they are in your body. They're either there to be healed, delivered, set free, or else they are in your body to bring destruction. And you've got to discernment, and I'm telling you, the de demonic forces that have been released, the last thing that they're after is to totally disassemble the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they understand when the church gets into its place, back to the original design, guess what? Paradise is on earth again, and we will do what? We will cultivate it, we will keep it, and we will guard it. Alright? So, he attacks the fellowship here. The last one I give you is a strategy. He stirs up the political leaders to do what the religious leaders could not do. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 talks about Herod. Uh, we'll take time to go into that, but it talks about him and what he uh, had done. This is now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And he saw that he pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. So here we see that now there are political things. Do you understand realize that we may not be thrown in jail right now, even though I think that may be coming. But what is happening now is they are taking away our ability to function. They're taking away our ability to gather together. They are, this is a design by Satan that's, that the, the, the systems of this world are being used by Satan to slowly but surely disassemble the body of Christ. Amen. Why? Because the body has detached itself from the head and the governor of the Holy Ghost. The head, Jesus Christ, and the governor of the Holy Ghost. When you detach yourself, guess what? The body deteriorates. Is that right? The body can't function. It has no brain. It has no, no eyes. It has no smell. It has no taste. It has no sound. It can't get any of those things. So when Jesus has been detached from the body of Christ, and that's what we've done a lot today, is that we talk a lot about Jesus in the body, but we will not be governed by the head that is the head of the church. And that is happening all over the world today. You see. And so we see that all of a sudden now, and when that no longer happens, guess what? We will begin to see this mixture of the world. In fact, it's already in the church. The mixture of the world that will come in, and, and the world itself is starting to use Christian practices. Nobody dies and goes to hell anymore. We're going to see them again somewhere up there. See? See, it's, it's, it's no, but he was a good person, and we know exactly where he is. No, he was demon-possessed, he was wicked, he was evil, and there's a place for him. You're either in heaven with God or you're in hell with Satan. We don't talk about that. And, when, and as a result of this, when there's a mixture of the worldly concepts into the body of Christ, guess what happens? There's a false freedom that is projected to the people, we keep reminding them and we have to tell them that they're free and that you're walking in liberty. And we have to quote all those scriptures where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If you have to tell somebody they're free, guess what? They are not. They are not. Are you all right? See, and so as a result of this false freedom, it comes out of false doctrine. Thank you for joining today in your pursuit of perfection and peace of mind. 
For more experienced and valuable choices, visit our website, terrylthompson.org. Stay connected for more life-changing and reliable systems of thought and renewal.